0: Incredible! Well, older enough, Yeah, well, you're half right. Well, this is amateur killer. This is gonna be huge. I believe this is gonna be our finest hour. Just when I think you said the stupidest thing ever, you keep talking. I think that's the worst thing I've ever heard. That boy ain't right. The simplest way to put it? I have problems.
2: Welcome to the alleged show. Y'all ready for this? Thank God it's. <laughs>
1: Ah, yes, here we are heading in towards the weekend here on the Sports Rush, your local daily sports fix from 4 to 6 on 1380 The Fan 100.9 FM. I am the coach, Shannon Griffith, alongside producer Adam Lundy. We've got you covered here for the next couple hours, heading into another full, fun-filled sports weekend ahead of us. Going to talk to... Pacers sideline reporter and pregame and postgame host Jeremiah Johnson to get his take on the NBA All-Star game as well as the Pacers that's going on down in Indianapolis this weekend. Going to be a big event and Indy is putting out the red carpet I would say for the NBA All-Stars. We'll get Jeremiah's take on that. Jimmy Coyle from Indiana Sports Beat Radio will join us as well. We'll talk a little bit IU basketball, and some football, possibly, if we have time. Hoosiers take on the Wildcats this weekend in Big Ten play. And then John Nolan will join us for a little chat about spring baseball. Pitchers and catchers have already reported, and the full rosters are in full swing, and Monday will be the first time they will take the field for a lot of the different baseball clubs in and out of Arizona and Florida, it's hard to believe that Americans' favorite pastime is here with us. And then, of course, we'll talk a little bit of Comet Hockey. Shane Alberani will join us. We'll talk a little bit of the Comets' big three-game weekend with two games at home against the Cincinnati Cyclones. Right now, the Comets are battling to keep their place at number four which would be a playoff spot in the East Coast Hockey League. And right now their division, I think about 10 to 12 points, only separates third place to last place in the ECHL cent, uh, Central Division. But we'll get that all going here in a little, little while. Remember, Parkview Sports made us in text line 46862. Always welcome your comments, suggestions, as we go throughout the show, feel free to give us a text there. And Adam, I think we are both a little bit surprised by Morgan Adam Loisan heading to Germany. And a huge blow to the Fort Wayne Comets having done so today while we, we were expecting, because Justin Cohen had come out basically saying there was no movement of any Comet player because the deadline had come, only to find out today that Adam Moisan had bolted for Germany. And I know that that's a potential money grab in those situations, but it's one that cover the, you know, produces the comments quite often here for 1380 The Fan, I guess you would kind of say that was a little bit of a surprise as well, too.
2: Yeah, you know... This happens in the ECHL, uh, but it is definitely a shame as, you know, it is the Comets captain. Uh, He had just come back from his injury, and before the injury, he was certainly productive in doing his thing for the Comets, so definitely a big loss, and uh, they'll have to look to kind of find that uh, production of of goals and and points elsewhere now on the roster. roster.
1: Yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about this in the second hour with Shane, but uh, Berglund has gotten called up from the Comets back to Bakersfield. You got uh, Wedman back in the AHL, now looting Adam Moisan. Three productive players over the last week have left the Comets for, I guess you'd call it greener pastures. You like to see guys get called up in that respect. Hate to see guys bolt for overseas opportunities, but it is what it is. We'll talk a little bit about that later on. Semi-State on tap for the ladies. Homestead, Norwell, and Bishop Lures playing tomorrow. Homestead will take on Lake Central tomorrow morning, 10 a.m. Central. Now, that's at, at LaPorte, so that's an hour behind here in Fort Wayne, but it's a 10 a.m. Central tip-off there at LaPorte. Huntington At the Huntington, uh, Semi-State, Norwell takes on Hamilton Heights. That's going to be a dandy of game, Hamilton Heights, 24-2. and two. Norwell 21-4, and four. that's a 10 o'clock tip as well. And then Bishop Lures will face Lapel at the Logansport Semi-State. The Berry Bowl, I believe, is what their basketball gymnasium is referred to. Uh, big three, oper- uh, three games for ladies in the northeast part of Indiana. Best of luck to them in the semi-state. We are carrying right here the uh, Homestead versus
2: no tomorrow we are carrying the norwell hamilton okay, heights game gotcha in the gotcha, morning gotcha norwell hamilton heights game so
1: we're going to have a little bit of of the semi-state going on tonight bishop lewers at Northside. Mm-hmm. post game show at the pizza hut on east was it east state east state east state pizza hut that show will begin about 9 15 and tonight caleb hatch is on the call For the Bishop Lures at Northside game, 730 tip-off right here on 1380 The Fan. Well, last night, and I would say this young lady has captivated all of the sports world here over the last few months. Caitlin Clark broke the scoring record last night playing at Iowa, passing Kelsey Plum, hitting a three at 215 into the first quarter. In the Iowa versus Michigan game, she hits the three to break the scoring uh, points record, doing so with a bomb. I should, a bomb of a three-point shot. <laughs> and she is a phenomenal basketball player. She ended up scoring 49 points on the night. Uh, I would say she has trans- has been a transformative type of player for uh, the Big Ten as well as women's college foot basketball throughout the country uh, i've I think she's increased the interest of of the women's basketball because of what she was pursuing. And then when you watch her play, you're just I mean you're in awe of what she does on a court in terms of her scoring uh, ability. And uh, she is one unbelievable basketball player. And now, I believe she's within 100 points of Pistol Pete Maravich's record of 366, 367 overall points that she may be able to break here. Now, a couple things that I found interesting uh, about Caitlin Clark. NIL value, she's making about a million in NIL value. State Farm, h and Block, Goldman Sachs, Nike, and Gatorade. Are all the NIL deals that she has, and she's approaching about a million dollars in NIL. The Indiana Fever have the first pack, first pick in the uh, women NBA draft next, uh, next, and that could be a landing spot if she comes out. Now, here's the question: and this is where NIL and what it offers college students nowadays, the average salary in the WNBA is somewhere around 125000 on average. Top picks can make up to about $235,000. Um, I didn't know this until I started looking into it. Some of the girls that are playing in the WNBA actually go overseas, and they're playing basketball year-round to supplement what they make in the WNBA because uh, the WNBA actually loses 10 to $12 million a year. So... Does Caitlin Clark stay for the sixth year that she has available to her where she's going to make more money and NIL money, potentially chase the Pistol Pete record, which she may break before <laughs> before it's all said and done anyway, or does she take and go to the WNBA because that's the next, I guess, step for her? I personally think. The NIL has changed not only for women's sports and men's sports, but because of what the WNBA can just offer. These ladies are going to make more money. And she's fourth on the top 100 ladies of NIL deals in the country right now. I believe the top two are from LSU, and I apologize. Their names are or I'm a mist of names. They're both making somewhere around a million, a million and a half at LSU. So this is a big problem for the WNBA because you've got uh, ladies that may choose to stay another year. Well, that puts a, a problem for the WNBA because those ladies are choosing not to go there because of the NIL money that's available to them. And, the, M- the WNBA has got to kind of wait till the last minutes to de- determine who is or who isn't uh, going to uh, uh, declare for the draft. And it has caused a problem with the WNBA and rosters and such because uh, right now it's hard for them to compete against that money. And so um, it's an interesting dynamic the way this NIL – Stuff has changed the game uh, definitely on the boy side of the coin, but more so on the women's side of the coin because those young ladies are making more by staying, like at Iowa for Caitlin Clark, where she's going to make uh, probably another. You know, one to one and a half million next year, just because of the beating the scoring record, chase, chasing Pistol Pete, all the things that go along with it. It's just, it's just an interesting dynamic that the NIL has thrown in,
2: Adam. It is. I do think that Caitlin Clark is ready to pursue the next level, the next mm-hmm. challenge. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, she's clearly proven that she can dominate the college basketball women's landscape. And I I would like to see her on the Indiana Fever. So (laughs) hopefully she everybody in Indiana would. (laughs) Hopefully she does decide to uh, enter the WNBA draft after this season at Iowa and and forgo that COVID year because uh, the Fever could definitely use that. I think. Well, the COVID year
1: has really, in some respects, messed up. Um. you know the college rosters, and in some respects, you know there are some guys that need to move on um in in some regards and that's you know i always said graduation was healthy um you need kids to fulfill their roles get their degree move on to the next level or however that plays out but when you have kids now staying for the fifth year and then some their sixth year and i've even seen some that have played in their seventh and eighth year because they've had an injury along the way or two with the allure of the money that nil can attract um, it's an easier proposition to stay for that type of money
2: mm-hmm.
1: rather than go to the WNBA and not even make even where close to what she's making now.
2: Sure. I do think that if uh, Clark was to go to the WNBA, she would be able to kind of supplement the Iowa money with other brand deals. Yeah, and- I don't know what the parameters are for sure. those endorsement deals, Definitely. but I would assume that
1: wouldn't be... Frowned upon.
2: I'm sure she would still appear in a, a State Farm commercial or two. Oh yeah, <laughs> put her in there with uh, Patrick Mahomes now. Yep, yeah, yeah. You know
1: what I mean? Because she uh, she has earned that right to be so, and she is someone that I don't think clamors that you know the the spotlight. The way that she plays the game and how she is personality wise. Um, I thought I read somewhere where she was the granddaughter of a pretty good football coach in the state of Iowa at Donling Catholic. I think his last name was Nix. But um, congratulations to her. Congratulations to the Iowa Hawkeyes and everything that they've been able to accomplish this year. Number four ranked team in the country. Also have to put a, you know put a word out there as we're talking women's basketball. The Lady Hoosiers have also done quite well. And I've even caught a couple of their games on the Big Ten Network at times. And uh, to see, I call it Assembly Hall, but I know that's changed. But to see their stance and their attendance increasing in some respects over the last few weeks has been quite interesting to see the Lady Hoosiers get the recognition too. but. Uh, Congratulations to Caitlin Clark. I just thought it was an interesting dynamic that NIL and what that may be able to do in terms of keeping her uh, at Iowa. And whether or not, you know, is that something that is a negative or a positive? I guess you're a proposing team. You're saying, yeah, it's a negative. (laughs) Yeah. Cut it out. Get her out of here. Get her out. But that would be interesting if anybody thoughts, you know, thoughts on whether or not she stays or leaves. Uh, on the Parkview Sports Medicine text line at 46862. Would love to hear your thoughts on Caitlin Clark and whether or not she comes out and declares for the WNBA draft where the fever would have an opportunity, or does she stay at Iowa and, re- and cash in on a stellar year and get more money in NIL deals? We'll well, let us know on that. But before we jump out of here, let's hear from Mr. Adam Lundy and today's sports headlines.
2: All right. Thanks, Shannon. Two juveniles were charged with crimes connected to the mass shooting at the Chiefs Super Bowl rally. Authority said today as the city tries to recover from the aftermath of the violence. A news release from the Jackson County Family Court said the juveniles were charged yesterday and are being detained in the juvenile detention center, quote, on gun-related and resisting arrest charges. No further information has been released at this time. Las Vegas Raiders quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo is being suspended two games for violating NFL's performance-enhancing substances policy. The policy violation is said to be related to Garoppolo using a prescripted medication without having a valid therapeutic use exemption from the league according to sources and the NBA kicks off their all-star weekend in Indianapolis tonight with the all-star celebrity game at 7 p.m. at Lucas oil stadium and the rising stars game at 9 p.m. at Gainbridge field house. The actual all-star game itself is on Sunday evening. And those are your top stories today, Shannon. Appreciate that there, Adam, Jimmy
1: Garoppolo. I wonder what that one was about because yeah. you said it was actually an approved medicine, but not approved for the M B NFL. Kind of an interesting uh, dynamic there. And as well, you and Derek covered that shooting uh, yesterday in Kansas City very well. And just a sad, sad uh, chain of events that happened there. And Mm -hmm. something that we hate to see, whether it is at a sporting event, parade, or any other form of gathering. It's just sad that guns have become a major part of these unwanted, unneeded problems in our society of today. Well, hey, we're gonna step aside here, take a break. When we come back, we'll talk to Jeremiah Johnson from the Indianapolis Pacers.
2: Gonna correct you. We're gonna come back with John Nolan first. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry <laughs> we switched that
1: up. I we apologize. did, my friend.
2: I just want to get things correct. Here well, we're coming back with John well, Nolan. Well
1: you know Johnny and Jeremiah, I guess hey, hey, right? hey. we're gonna come back with Mr. John Nolan, voice of the Tin Cats. Talk a little baseball. And maybe a little bit on where he's headed. All right here on the Sports Rush on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. Welcome back to the Sports Rush here on a Friday afternoon. I am the coach, Shannon Griffith, sitting in for Mr. Brett Rump, who's on a road trip up to Detroit Mer- Mercery is the Dons will yeah. t- take on them tomorrow
2: afternoon. The now not winless Detroit Mercy Titans, yeah. as they got their first win of the season against IUPUI the other night. I don't know if you saw it, but yeah. uh, there was a court storming up in Detroit Mercy as they <laughs> got their as they got their first win of the season. But it was it was one guy, it was one guy that ran onto the court after the Detroit Mercy Titans <laughs> had won the game. So that was pretty amusing. That went pretty viral on Twitter. Just the one guy, <sighs> one man court storming. You gotta love the uh, the college basketball fandom.
1: Got to love the college basketball fandom. That's correct. But, you know, the horizon right now, I'm telling yeah. you, it's uh, it's just a crazy, crazy uh, league shaping up. And, you know, it's fighting down to the end of the year on whether or not you want to be a team that's you know, gets a bye. Mm-hmm. Or do you want to be a team that gets a play-in? You know, the point play- one of the play-in games. Sure. I don't, I mean... It's kind of hard and a toss-up when you talk about that. I'm sure I'd rather have the buy, but <laughs> in some cases, it all always depends on maybe who you're going to play, you know, because sure. that's how it kind of comes about. And while we were away, Mr. Brett Rump sent me a text on the young ladies from LSU, Angela Reese and... Haley Van Seath. Oh, or the, yeah. Two, Angel Reese. Yeah, yeah. and Haley Van Lith. Yep. yep. Is it Lith? I believe it's Lith. Okay. It came in as an S, but then I'm sure oh, he whoo- meant whoo- Lith. <laughs> I know those two young ladies are making well over a million dollars in NIL. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're pretty good ballplayers. And Caitlin Clark, like I said, was fourth on that list. But, um, yeah, but the Dons, big game on the road, um, approaching, you know, coming down to crunch time, uh, they could you know they get they get hot now you never look you never know because a lot of things change over the last couple of weeks in a in the basketball season as teams start you know getting hot while teams may start cooling off a little bit but Detroit mercy up tomorrow for the Dons up in Detroit
2: yep yep just in the suburbs of Detroit up there the Titans we'll have Brett rump on the call looking forward to that hopefully the Dons can get a win on the schedule as they did have that close loss to Oakland at the Coliseum yeah, earlier that this was,
1: week. Yeah, that was kind of a heartbreaker. In a little some bit, yeah. You but know. that's kind of been their season. Yeah. You know, that's been the part. It's the frustrating part of the latter part of the uh, second half of, you know, not getting that. Uh, and I think Rumpy... And I were talking about this last night, not getting that one shot that separates it, Mm -hmm. you know, in a close game that, Mm -hmm. you know, stops any type of comeback or that big defensive play on the other end of the court has not maybe materialized enough this year uh, for the Dons in some of these games that have prevented them uh, from coming out with a better record than what they have right now. But. Uh, remember, this is a team that rushed out to, what, a 13-2 start, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah,
2: it was a very good start. Yeah. We, we know they can win games, and, and we even know that they can win games against some of the top teams of the Horizon League come tournament time. But like you said, it really does help to have the good seeding.
1: Well, we were trying to get Mr. John Noling on the phone to jump on here this afternoon but unfortunately we're having a little trouble
2: yeah he is, uh, he actually is making his way down i know to the uh, all-star events going down in uh, indianapolis this weekend so i'm sure he just got held up or he's in a dead zone there well somewhere on the drive that definitely happens but uh yeah we wanted to talk a little bit of baseball a little bit of tin caps but um you know nothing wrong with a little bit of don's basketball either my friend no
1: absolutely not and you know the you talked about the NBA uh, All-Star Game that's going on. Uh, big opportunity. We're going to talk to JJ Jeremiah. I keep calling him JJ because he was a player for me.
2: <laughs> that's okay. But
1: he's going. We'll talk to him in a little bit about you know the experience that's going on down there. It's been a pretty good uh, thing for Indianapolis right now to have that type of uh, opportunity. In a basketball state, I guess you could say, to show off a little bit. But, yeah, you know, spring ball, it's hard to believe. We were going to talk a little bit of, you know, 10 caps, a little bit of what's going on there. I know the 10 caps announced their pregame concert series for this year. Yeah, that looks like a lot of fun. Yeah, and um, it's a brand new opportunity or thought that the 10 caps are having than hosting a pregame concert series that, Honeywell Arts and Entertainment is sponsoring. Uh, It'll be music featured at the Parkview uh, Centerfield Amphitheater before select Thirsty Thursday home games. Yeah. So from May through August, excluding July 4th, uh, we're going to have some local bands that will be able to entertain the fans at the ballpark uh, leading up um, to the first pitch. An hour later. So these are all pre-game opportunities for fans to come a little early, yeah, enjoy the festivities, hang out on the concourse. Hear some good bands within the Summit City, getting the opportunity to play, and before the game is underway. And you know, I think it's a great uh, opportunity uh, to go see some good bands and good baseball as the ten-cap season is approaching. It's hard to believe that, but that it's approaching, and 10 Caps t- season ticket sales are on now. And you can lock in your seats at 10caps.com at, by calling 260-482-6400 at the Parkview Ticket Office, and you'll be able to see all the bands that I think I've got some of them listed here. Grateful Groove on May the 16th, Wade's World on the 23rd, yeah. Chris Worth & Company, I mean, there's a lot of good ones on there. Oh, it um, sounds
2: like an awesome time, and it's just—it's yeah. really cool to have that atmosphere, actually, as you're entering the ballpark to enjoy a night of baseball, to just have some live music on the concourse. Beforehand. Yeah, on, on
1: Thursday nights, yeah. Why That's not? not? Yeah.
2: Hey, right. a little bit of NFL news before we go to break. Here, the Chiefs are picking up the option on uh, All-Pro defensive tackle Chris Jones's contract, retaining Uh-oh. the right to franchise tag him and pay him the 4.25 million he earned in incentives. So. Uh, it's about timing more than anything. He was due the money, so if wasn't if he wasn't tagged, he'd be free. Right. And they clearly do well, want to keep him around, if possible.
1: Yeah, I think he's proven that he's a pretty darn good defensive ball player um, in that, and getting a nice little chunk of pay there. Yeah. What was it four two point?
2: Yep, four four and a quarter million in incentives there. So. Nice little uh, extra Super Bowl uh, little cash, (laughs) little cash there for Mister Jones. Yeah, not including what they'll get for Super Bowl
1: bonus and stuff. Oh man, forget about it. all that good stuff. But, uh, but yeah, we've got Major League Baseball starting up. A couple things before we do go to break here. Sure, yeah. Couple new, uh, you know, they did all these rules last year. I think they improved the game in some respects it improved again quite a bit uh, I think the average game was like two hours and 39 minutes or something to that effect with some of the rules that they put in place this year they're going to change the pitch clock it's down to 18 seconds from 20 with runners on base mm-hmm. and but 15 seconds will remain as the bases are when the bases are empty so not a much of a difference but they're just taking a little bit away uh when runners on base to you know Eliminate dead time is how they explained it. Mound visits reduced five to four. You can only go to the mound four four times this year. Uh, I think only ninety eight percent of the games last year would have would have not exceeded that limit. So um, by limbing in it, I don't think it was a problem. It's just bringing it back. You know, if they can reduce it to keep you know from going out just to buy time. That's what they're trying to permit on, on most occasions. Here's the other one that I think will help as well. Pitchers have to f- who warm up must face a batter. Uh, last year on 24 occasions, a pitcher that warmed up between innings was replaced before throwing a pitch, which added about three minutes of extra dead time uh, to games. So that's... In itself, I was a little bit surprised on, you know, that they sent out a pitcher to warm up and then, well, sorry, we we're going to take you out. And then and sometimes that may be for injury as well. You never know. But um, that one was changed. And then they're widening the path towards first base by 18 inches to 24 inches in order for the runners to have a little bit bigger or wider lane to first base so that they don't have the interference call as much and and that will be grandfathered in for those fields that have artificial turf. So um, just a few different r- r- rule changes that are in place for the Major League Baseball season, which the spring season gets started on Monday, as pitchers and catchers reported this week. But... Uh, We'll have to wait and see on how this impacts the rules anymore. But I thought what they did last year was great. I thought it cleaned up the game a lot. I did like the no Mm -hmm. infield shift rule, Mm -hmm. which I thought was great. But now we're going to step aside when we come back. I will get the opportunity to (laughs) talk to Jeremiah Johnson. But stay tuned right here on the Sports Thrush on 1380 The Fan 100.9 FM. Welcome back to the Sports Rush here on Friday. I should say a snowy Friday. as my streak of bringing nice warm weather on the days that I sub for Mr. Brett Rumpit to a close. But the NBA All-Star Game we have talked about here for a little bit is an in Indy. Massive opportunity for the city of Indianapolis and the Pacers. And to join us to talk about the All-Star Weekend a little bit of the Pacers as well, is Pacers pre- and post-game host and sideline reporter, Mr. Jeremiah Johnson. J.J., how we doing, my man?
0: Yeah, I'm watching the snow walk across downtown (laughs) Indianapolis. I was at the crossover event at the convention center. I'm headed back to
1: Cambridge Fieldhouse.
0: Uh, It was sunny sunny in like 50 yesterday. I'm not sure what happened today.
1: Yeah, well, you know, Indiana weather. Stick around for 10 minutes. It'll change. (laughs) well big big weekend in indianapolis with the nba all-star game uh going on uh this weekend um and i would say the nba all-star game has become a fair uh an all-star game that is watched pretty regularly by uh us viewing fans more so than any all-star game uh this weekend what is it like having that there in indy and What makes that type of weekend kind of a special weekend?
0: Well, it's one that's been a long time coming. I remember back in 2017 when they announced the 2021 All Star Game would come to Indianapolis, and obviously uh, a pandemic interfered and they pushed it back to 2024. So we've been talking about it for a long time. And I almost, I usually take a vacation during this week. I don't always go to the All Star Games, but you don't realize how big it is till you're here. And everywhere you walk downtown, there's a banner, there's a sign, there's someone walking around in a Raptors jersey or a Bucks jersey, a lot of Tyree Halliburton jerseys as well. Um, but there are so many events going on, and I think it just is a great way for Indianapolis to show off and, and show out because it's a city that sometimes nationally, sometimes worldwide, doesn't get the respect it mm-hmm. deserves. But they're still right now. They could put on a big event.
1: Well, no question. Indiana, mostly known for as a basketball state and no better place to have the NBA All-Stars, is in Indianapolis this weekend. What uh I guess what are some of the things you're looking forward to participating in it? Like you said, you've never really had a chance to immerse yourself in it. Uh but now being a fan, what are some things you're gonna do or go to? Because I know there's quite a lot of stuff going on.
0: Yeah, I mean the media sessions are obviously fun. It's kinda like Super Bowl where you get an opportunity to talk to everybody participating, kind of ask them who whatever you want and did that with the rising stars participants this morning, but even just a short time ago Tyrese Halliburton was playing Tyrese Maxey in an NBA 2K challenge, and they had Micah Parsons from the Dallas Cowboys. So just to be there watching them interact, you have a football star. You've got a couple of all-stars for the NBA. You've got Halliburton, who's almost the city's ambassador this weekend, and you had a lot of fans. And it, It's just little things like that that you just kind of stumble upon, and then it's happening. As for the event, I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, Saturday night. That's always kind of my favorite event is the all-star Saturday night. Uh, The dunk contest, talked with uh, Mac McClung, who won last year. He's got some tricks up his sleeve. And and the three-point shootout is probably turning into maybe one of the highlights of the weekend. And they've got some big names ready to participate in that.
1: Yeah, they've got uh, the celebrity game coming on. I I mean, this evening, I think, is going on, like you said. And the Rising Stars, that's going to be a big uh, attraction. That will be, is that on tonight or tomorrow night, the Rising Stars?
0: Yeah, it's actually the Rising Stars is at 9 o'clock, and that's the Cambridge Fieldhouse. They've got the snowplows out downtown India, if you hear that in the background. But, uh, the Celebrity Games, actually, Lucas Oil Stadium, and that'll be earlier. So if you're watching on television, you might have to flip around, but you'll be able to watch both. Uh, it'd probably be hard to attend both, but either one that you attend, if, if fans are already downtown, they'll get to see a show. And the events at Lucas Oil Stadium, I've seen the uh, LED court and the board. It, it'll be pretty fascinating. You'll have to kind of Stop for a second and take it all in because it'll be quite the atmosphere in those games at Lucas or the events at Lucas Oil Stadium.
1: And then they've included the HBCU Classic tomorrow afternoon at 2 p.m., Winston-Salem State versus Virginia Union uh, there at the Fieldhouse. That that also will be broadcast, so a chance for some college basketball as well. Um, and then Adam Silver's news conference. What What is your take on that? Because he I think he announced this week that – uh, he's looking to exit stage right at some point.
0: Well, I mean, I think the question was, do you think he'll be in the position as long as David Stern? He said, <laughs> no, I won't. I won't be the commissioner for 30 years. But I do think there was an announcement about a an extension. So that won't be any breaking news this weekend. Okay. I'm sure he'll get asked about expansion, some of the All Star Game format, the success of the in season tournament, and whether there might be any tweaks. You'll you get some of the the standard questions, but. Again, I think it will be a lot of praise for Indianapolis. Again, we're only on day two. It actually started with a tip-off last night. But uh, other than the unexpected snow and you deal with it, and I think it's supposed to warm up a little this weekend, uh, Indianapolis is doing uh, everything it can, and I think Adam Silver will talk about that as well.
1: Well, I would imagine Indianapolis is, like you said, showing out just like they always do. They do a great job with a lot of different events that come to the Circle City. One uh, being the NBA All Star this weekend. Let's jump over to the Pacers because you know the Pacers right now are in the thick of it, uh, heading into the second half of the season. Uh, let's jump back a week ago because a week ago at this time the the trade was announced uh, that they the the Pacers uh, had with basically a three team trade. But what did you? What's your overall take on that trade? and what the Pacers got in exchange is that something uh, that you saw as a uh, raising the bar in some respects or was it more so kind of uh, an equal out trade
0: yeah it wasn't a trade to help you be a better team this season it would be it would be silly for me to say that given what Buddy Heald is and and sort of where he's at in the NBA uh, historically speaking in terms of three-point shooting however I think the Pacers were pretty uh, clear in understanding that they had an offer and, and and Buddy wasn't going to accept that for the future and you'd lose them at the end of the season. And he also wasn't getting to play as much as maybe he would have liked where he needs to impress other teams to get that next contract. So, um, you know, while General Manager Chad Buchanan, and he did some interviews, did a press conference, and didn't go out and say this exactly, it seems like they were – Kind of doing Buddy, Buddy Heald a little bit of a favor, helping themselves out for the future in terms of cap space and also some second-round draft picks. And then bringing in Doug McDermott is another shooter that can help you off the bench. He does some of the same things as Buddy Heald. Uh, again, I'm not going to say that you know it's going to be a trade that automatically means you're better because that, you know that's probably not the case. But it does open up time for a guy like Ben Shepard as well, and he showed in the last game before the All-Star break against Toronto. Uh, he's on the court at the very end. He makes the key defensive stop, knock down a couple of three pointers in the fourth quarter. So maybe it's an opportunity for one of your young players to develop and, and get some valuable experience.
1: Well, you made a key key comment there. Key defensive stop for the Pacers. I'm not sure you can say it. <laughs> exactly. you can say that in the same sentence uh, all the time. Well, the Pacers now, you know, in this second half, they got a big four game homestand coming up. They got Pistons, Mavericks, Raptors, and then the Pelicans coming the Indy. Before they head on a three-game road trip, what what is it you're looking for from the Pacers as we head into the second half of the season? And I guess you can reflect a little bit on the first half and how that maybe translates into the second half.
0: Yeah, well, the first thing I'll say is, it it's a little bit of a misnomer to say first half and second half because it's actually two-thirds of the season already yeah. completed. You're at the final third. It's your break, so it's the games before the break and the games after. But what you'll see is with such a limited amount of games after the break, every one of them is going to be important. You're going to be watching the standings and the schedule of of your opponents on a regular basis, and there's not much separation right now between 6th and 8th. And you really would rather be 6th than 7th, and you definitely would rather be 7th than 8th. You want to be in that top six so you can lock in a first-round playoff spot without having to go the play in route. The big thing when they come back from the break will be health, Tyrese Halliburton pretty much played the last couple of games without much of a minute's restriction. So you want to see him back as close to the Tyrese Halliburton that you saw in the first half prior to the hamstring injury. And then some of the other nagging injuries. Jalen Smith is a big part of this team. He didn't play the last few games before the break. He's been battling a back. You want a week off to, to do him some good so he can be ready as your backup center off the bench. And even Benedict Matherin, who never misses time, battled a little bit of a knee, had a, an illness as well. So the team needed this break to rest, recharge, and get healthy. If they're healthy, I feel really, really good about the stretch run. If they're missing two or three of their top eight, it really affects that depth, and the depth was the big reason they were so successful to start the season.
1: Right, and that was kind of leading into the last question that you answered there because you read my mind. You're at, you read, read my I mind. I spent
0: some time with you on the football <laughs> <show> this <laughs> last. Year. I know where you're
1: going. <laughs> Hit the hitch, JJ. Hit the hitch. But uh, the health, pa- the the health part of the equation, and how important that is for teams like in Indianapolis when it comes to the grueling NBA season that you talked about. It's the difference between either uh, having to go into the play-in tournament or be in a position to uh, be in the playoffs soundly as you head for the yeah. last part of this season. Um, I
0: think it really, depending upon the player you're speaking of, but I mean, definitely you need Tyrese Halliburton to be healthy. You need your starters and and at least not uh, a decimated bench. So health will will be a big factor in in whether they're top six at the end of the season.
2: Jeremiah, this is Adam. Hey, I want to circle back to the All-Star weekend real quick. Tyrese Halliburton, one of the participants in the three-point contest coming up tomorrow night. I just want to hear, what do you give his chances in the contest? (laughs)
0: Yeah, I mean that shouldn't affect the hamstring. Shouldn't affect that, right? I mean, even he's not going to have to get up and run up and down. Obviously, it uh, you use your whole body to shoot. Uh, But I think he's pretty much close to 100%. My only concern would be the mental and some physical fatigue, just in terms of being tired. Because as mentioned, I was just at one event that he was at. It seems like he's somewhere every hour of the day. So I hope by Saturday night he's able to get some rest. Maybe tomorrow afternoon take a nap. But I did just talk with his dad. Um, did a quick interview on, on my phone, and, and he said, hey, we're going we're to go win – uh, the three-point and the skills challenge and win the game so i know that everyone in that family is not just here to make an
1: appearance they're here to win <laughs> they're here to, well you must have a bet on that going of place adam is that what you're looking nah, at yeah nah. <laughs> you know, that, that would be uh,
0: against rules
1: so definitely don't want to say that <laughs> no we got pull his leg in here but yeah tyrese halliburton a healthy halliburton for the for the pacers the second half of, this, uh, of the season i should say the last third of the season like you said A big key component for the Pacers. J.J., I appreciate you coming on here today, fighting the snow in Indianapolis to give us a little taste of the NBA All-Star Weekend. Have a fun, my friend, and uh, we'll be listening to you come the last third of the season.
0: All right, looking forward to it. Always enjoy talking to the good people of Fort Wayne.
1: All right, buddy. Jeremiah Johnson, the pregame, postgame, and sideline reporter for the Indianapolis Pacers joining us here on the Sports Rush. We'll be back here in a few seconds. For now, we'll step aside right here on the Sports Rush on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM.